I want you to know that the hardest part is the start. And if we look back at Zechariah, and, and just, um, I just, I just want to encourage you to, to be real with God, to be real at church, to, to, to stop trying to play a game and let's get real and let's get down to what the issues are that's going on in your life and your relationships and with the Lord. And let's really start to try to make a, make a change. Um, I had a conversation with somebody this week about saying they're sorry and, and how sorry is not just a way to get out of the conversation. A real sorry is someone that's willing to say, I've hurt you and I'm going to make a decision not to do that anymore. Um, and, and it's hard to change. This seems so simple, and I've started a whole series. It's just a four-week short series, and I was struggling this week to just teach on it again because why can't I just teach it on one week and let's go on to something else? But it's so hard to change your direction. You've been programmed. You've been brought up. You've been taught. You have been modeled by your parents and by society, and it is so hard to change. Does anybody here have a hard time changing your behavior, changing your thinking, changing your direction? I want you to think about it. When somebody tries to, when McDonald's changes the Big Mac, do you struggle with change? That sounds dumb, but don't mess with the Big Mac. Don't mess with Coke. They tried, and then they had to come back to the old one because people won't change. Well, I want you to know that the ultimate part of the gospel is change. Is your heart changing toward God's heart? That's all he's after. He's not after you being perfect. He's after you. And if you will just turn just a little, just a start, just a move, it says that all it takes is faith of a mustard seed, just a little movement. We sang over and over and over, not because I love the song, not because I just think, man, this is so cool, but to ingrain that piece of, of seed in your heart, I believe in you. I believe in you. I believe in you. My life's falling apart. I don't know where I'm going to go. I need a miracle. God, you're the God of miracles. I believe in you. There is intentional movement that we're making on the stage to try to sow spirit seeds in you to turn your direction. It says here, do not despise the small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. The hardest part is the first step. The hardest part, I can tell you, every time I go run, the hardest part is to get started. Once I'm started, I'm good. Now, it doesn't mean that the run's going to go well. Yesterday, my run went horrible, but I finished. And I reaped the benefit of running. I burned the calories. I got my heart rate going. I got things out of my mind that I wouldn't have gotten out of my mind. But the hardest part is starting. You can never finish if you don't start. God loves to see the work begin. So today we're going to talk about being faithful over little. Everybody say little. Be faithful over little. Luke chapter 16 verse 10. Can we pray for just a second? Father, in Jesus' name, I just ask you, Lord, to awaken our spirits to soften our hearts, and that, Lord, that we would hear what it is that you're saying, that we wouldn't get um, deaf-eared by our circumstances or by unforgiveness or by, by demonic activity or by sin, but, Lord, right now you would just do a miracle in our hearts and our spirits that we would hear you. 
There's so many loud gonging sounds happening in our life. And Lord, I just ask you to silence them and that we would hear your word. We would hear your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, open up your ears. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust, he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. Don't overthink this. What is the saying? If you're not faithful over little, you're not going to be faithful over a lot. If you're not faithful over a little, then why would you need a lot? God is saying, be faithful over little. I think that what he's saying is, be faithful over right where you are right now. Because everything you have, God has given you. Whether you know that or not, everything you have, God's given you. And if you will just be faithful over what you have now, God is going to increase it. It's a kingdom law that he desires to prove to you, but unfortunately we sit here wanting the big stuff, not being faithful over the little stuff. It's really why as a church that we're trying to be faithful over where we are now. You see a lot of holes here. We're trying to build relationship with what we have. Not try to go out and do these big things to bring in surfacey things. Nope, we're trying to get down to the foundation. That's why we're teaching on Wednesday nights, foundations. Trying to get in our hearts the real heart behind repentance, behind faith, behind um, the, the doctrine of baptisms, the resurrection of the dead, the laying on of hands. We are trying, we are really trying to apply God's word and watch him do miracles. And let me tell you, it works. God's way works. If we apply ourselves to where God has us now, God's going to increase it. But we have to be faithful. You can be trusted with more if you can be trusted with little. So prove it with little. We want to start with much, but we haven't proved it. Let's look at Matthew 25. And this is long, but let's just go through it. The kingdom of heaven, Matthew 25, verse 14. Many of you are going to know this one. If you don't know this one, it's, this is just a great, a great parable. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by a story of a man going on a long trip. What is this already telling us? That this is how God's way works. If you're looking in this world, before we go to heaven, how God's way works here on the earth, this is saying that the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated for us to understand how God works in our now, in today, by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. Now, your part in this is the servant. There's going to be three servants. Our part is the servant. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it into proportion according to their abilities. Then he left on his trip. So what's happened? The master has given five, three people um, an investment. The master's saying, I'm going to invest this in you. Now go and increase it. And I'm only going to give you what you can handle. I'm not going to give you more than you can handle. I'm just going to give you what you can handle. And then the master left for us to go to work, right? So let's keep going. 
The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest the money and earned five more. The servant who had two bags of silver also went to work and earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give account of how they had used the money. To the servant who had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five of silver to invest, and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two. I've earned two more. Master said, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling a small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the servant with the one bag of silver came forward. Now listen to what he says. Let's go back from when he starts. The one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant, if you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I did not cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least you could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with ten bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So a lot happening here. And depending on the translation you look at, this is talking about money. In other translations, it talks about talents. I don't think it just has to do with financial. I think it has to do with what God has given you physically as well as materially. God has gifted me in certain areas. God has gifted you in certain areas. I have been born with certain personality traits as well as he has given me spiritual giftings. I've got a way of thinking that does not think like everyone else. It's, it's a, it's, some would say it's a curse. It's not a curse. It's a gift, the way that I think. Very systematic, very order, uh, order numbered. I, I really like to have spreadsheets. My wife doesn't like spreadsheets. So she likes them better a little bit now. Well, in the past, she used to call Excel Exprel. Um, but God has gifted me in certain ways. So we're looking at these three. The one that was given five made five more. The one that was given two uh, was given, made two more. And was, uh, um, the, the one that was given two made two more. And the one that was given one, I want you to catch, he kind of, um, how would you phrase this? He kind of made it okay for him to have not done anything. His response to the master was, I knew you were like this, so I just didn't do anything. I knew you would just want it back. And the master said, you don't know me at all. You could have at least invested it and gotten something out of it. So not only was that one bag taken away from him, but he was left, how does it say? Outer darkness, well, there, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So not only 
does God want to bless you for being faithful, but there is a negative return for doing nothing. There is a negative return for standing still. So don't stand still. God hates lukewarm. He despises it. So it's so important for you to start moving. God loves a small beginning. It doesn't have to be, you don't have to take, you don't have to go build the Taj Mahal. You just have to start building. You've got to do something different at work. You've got to do something different in in your marriage. You've got to start seeking and finding the Lord. And when you find those little nuggets, start applying it to your life. I can read a scripture and learn and then never apply it. My part's to apply it and to expect God to do his part. And God's only looking for little. He's not looking for big. God's in charge of the big. I'm in charge of the little. And if I will be faithful over the little, he'll give me more. And what will happen is, as I'm faithful over that more, God gives me more. My more becomes little because I can handle it. And then he gives me more. And then he gives me more. But I don't get to graduate to that without being faithful over little. I have to be faithful over little. Your talents, your abilities, your strengths, your knowledge, your experiences, your finances. You can't leave any of it out. God wants to increase it. This isn't his backdoor way of blessing me. It's his front door way of blessing you. God's got us if we will just follow him. So we've got to start faithful over money. Let me give you another thing that, that, that God's given you, your responsibilities. So many times we want to think about our talents and our gifts and our money, but what about the responsibilities he's given you? Are you faithful over your responsibilities? Your money, your talents, what about your time? God's very, finds your time very important. Faithful, few things. Faithful over few things computes to being faithful over many things. What do you have to be faithful for? And it's so interesting that Pastor Justin this morning mentioned the lady uh, with the oil. It was the pots and pans, the jars. Yeah, breaks and beans. Um, do you all know that story? If you don't know it, go and read Second Kings chapter 4. Because what happened was there was a woman that was desperate. She had two children that she couldn't feed. They could not survive. And she went to the prophet to say, I'm going to have to sell my kids to be able to live. I'm going to have to sell my children into slavery to be able to live. What's so great about this woman is she went to the Lord. That was her way of going to the Lord is through the prophet. So she came and said, I don't know what to do. I'm desperate. And my last resort is to sell my children. So what did he say? He asked her, what do you have? She said, I have a little jar of oil. He said, okay. Go and borrow every jar that you can. Get every jar that there is available to go borrow. So what'd she do? She went, Juanita, I need a jar. You have a jar? I bet you got a thousand jars. Justin, do you have any jars? Sure you do. If you don't, keep going down the line until we find more jars. Shannon, you got jars? Yeah. 
I bet I could get a bunch of jars. You know, it's hard for me to come and ask you for a jar, though. I'll just go see what I've got. That'll have to be good enough. And what happened? She went and collected every jar she could. And the prophets started, they started pouring that oil into the next jar and filled it up, grabbed the next one, filled it up, grabbed, it, grabbed the next one. And that oil did not stop flowing until she ran out of jars. And if you go and read the story, not only did she not have to sell her children, but she was financially set for the rest of her life and her family. Out of her desperation, did she hear and go to God and say, God, I need you. God said, great. I'm going to use what you've got. Whatever resources, whatever talents, whatever you've got, tell the prophet, I've got this. Okay. I can work with that. You may be in a hole. The Lord's going to say, what have you got? I can work with that. But you've got to start. Again, I want to apply this. This is not just a spiritual thing. This thing that happened to this woman was completely worldly. It was her physical need that God met. She didn't have to go to church services. She didn't have to pray on her face forever. It was not a religious issue. It was an issue. You have got personal needs that God wants to meet. You know the whole hierarchy of needs? God's going to meet your hierarchy of needs before you can ever even think about some of these big spiritual things. He wants to feed you and clothe you and support you so that you can get focused on what it is that God's got you called to do. You don't have to think you've got to be a pastor or you've got to be a worship leader or ministry at all. God wants to use you right where you are. But you have to start one step. There was a, a Naaman, a, a king, a leader that got leprosy, came to, the, came to the prophet and said, hey, I got leprosy. Heal me. And uh, I think it was Elisha. I think both of these stories are Elisha. There was no other way. And this is a heathen. This guy's a heathen. Hey, kind of think I know your, your God's a healing God, and I got this issue. Heal me. So what did Elisha say? Go and wash in the river seven times, and you'll be healed. You know what Naaman said? I don't want to do that. I thought you'd just wave your hand over me, and I'd be healed. Well, what did Elisha say? Look, if I told you something simple or extravagant to do, wouldn't you do it? Well, yeah, then why won't you go wash in the water? What did he do? I believe reluctantly he went and washed, and he came out clean. I want you to know that your basic need, God knows it, and he wants to meet it. But he doesn't want to stop at your basic need. He's going to start at your basic need because it's where you are. And you're, you can't believe for these big things yet. Believe for this little thing. Let God be faithful over this little thing. You're going to come up here for prayer. You're going to meet somebody out here and eat strawberries, and somebody's going to give you a word of wisdom to step into. And it's your job to start walking. It's your job to move, to start small. Be faithful over where you are. God will bring the increase. Can anybody get excited for that? God's ready to meet you right where you are. I think of chairs. We have a need for chairs. I don't know if you heard Pastor Justin this morning on the announcements. It's all need. We have a need. We need you to serve in, in uh, uh, the food ministry, and we need you to serve in cutting up fruit, and we need you to serve in uh, vacation Bible school. Why? Because that's how the church works. 
We think if we ask y'all to do something that we're just doing everything wrong. No, we're doing everything wrong if we do everything for you. We do a lot. Pastor Justin dug a ditch, dug a hole for a water leak. This last week, we killed ourselves. I climbed under the stage and almost got stuck. I thought, oh God. I'm literally hung by my belt loop under the stage trying to take care of my worship team. And I'm like, I didn't say it to Justin, but I'm like, someone's going to have to call 911 or get, get a... I looked at him and I'm like, I think I'm smaller than you and you fit under here? Yeah, I have. I, I don't think so. A few pounds ago. We do stuff. But listen... We need you. We're giving you opportunities to make a step. But I want you to know this applies to your life, not just church. Don't just apply God's word to church. Apply it to life. God wants to bless you in every way. In every way. So start. Feed your mind with the word. Get filled with the Spirit of God. Get connected to people that are speaking life into you. And get away from people that are speaking death into you. You've got to start. You've got to start. God will bring the increase. Be faithful over what you have. Amen? All right, y'all stand up with me and let's pray. God, I thank you all we sang this morning. We sang two things. We sang that you are good and that our hope is in you. Lord, I just ask you that that would just take root in our hearts. We need a little hope to even start. God, I ask you for hope. I ask that the moment you step out of this church this morning that you find hope. We need hope. Lord, help us to turn our hearts to get in your word and to start moving hardest thing is to just start moving because we're afraid we're going to fall down. We're afraid it's not going to happen. We're afraid that we're going to get rejected. It's just fear. Lord, help us to start. I want to encourage you, if you're here today and you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, right now, just out of your mouth, turn your heart to Jesus. Turn your heart You may have turned away from him. It's time to turn back. Turn back. My life has been a life of turning back. Turning back into myself and being selfish and then turning back and then turning back and then turning back. And I want you to know that God is there every time I turn back. Ready for me. Ready to rescue me. Just like Brandon's mom chasing him down the river. God's just waiting for me to come to my rescue. Father, I just pray for breakthrough, that you be faithful to your word, and that you are the God of miracles. Do miracles in our lives as we turn our hearts to you. Now, Lord, bless us as we go out to fellowship. Lord, bless the mothers today. Help us with our families. Help me be a better son, be a better husband, be a better dad. Be a better pastor and be a better friend. Help me, Lord, have your heart. 
and to be a part of impacting what's going on in our city. Save us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen.